All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks, Starks Artist. Yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> and you are now tuned in to the Just Different Podcast, where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. Y'all see it? We back. We back we here. We back. We ready. It feels good. Man, it's been some time, bro. bro. It's been too long. I had people in my comment section harassing me. Jordan, where you at? <laughs> no, I swear. Where you going? They said, do a pod. Do a pod. Get off the couch. They said, enough vacation. The they said, enough vacation time, bro. Get back. Uh, no, it's good look, to be here. Man. No, yeah, bro. We, we missed you. I missed you. And it, it's crazy because, ironically, and this isn't, this comes off wrong, but... We actually haven't talked in a while, but it actually nah. benefits for the podcast. Not <laughs> ideal for like day to day, but sometimes it's hard to recreate those natural moments that we've That's been what having. I'm saying. And the conversations we just have day to day when we're talking. Because we can so, catch up, bro, because I really ain't seen you in like a week, bro. Maybe it's more. been a minute. Yo, for those who don't know, as if you haven't seen per his last Instagram post, bro was looking like a superstar. <laughs> I don't know. That that post was different. Yo. Like you was like a real influencer in, a, in that uh that dump you put out. But he's tuning in all the way from Kansas City. I'm here in Louisville, Amen. Kentucky right now. I haven't seen him for about it's been probably a week. Yeah, it's, just, it's been maybe like a week a and a day or something. That. Yeah. Yeah. So what what's new, man? How are you? Man, it's been good, man. It's been good being in a different city, you know, having some different scenery. We actually, which I don't know why we had our family reunion here. But we had it here in Kansas City. So this past weekend, we had just a bunch bunch of the family um, here in the city. So that was good getting to see them. But I'm actually here. I'm visiting somebody, though. So, But it's cool. It's been good. Y- y- business or pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of both. No, I, okay. I, this is so random. I don't know why I'm thinking about what? this. But Drake just did a freestyle on, on the radar with Central C. And I'm bringing this up because before he gets into the freestyle, he's doing like a little introduction. And yeah. he's like doing this little accent. He says something. He says, combination, right? And so there's this clip of him saying that going around and people are putting memes on it. And I saw one on Twitter and it said, they captioned it and it said, when um, they ask if you want a baddie or a church girl, and it says, combination. combination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're funny. <laughs> The internet's funny. I, was, I don't care. I was like that. Got it. But no. Oh man. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you're having a good time. I know I didn't get to make it over there to Kansas City for the uh, family reunion. <sighs> that is a very random spot for to have. I think we wanted to switch it up this year. But yeah, we didn't even, bro. We didn't even really do much for real. Um, <laughs> just museum. We went to a couple of museums. Yeah. Um, and that was pretty much it. But we was just chilling at the Airbnb. It was. It was a big estate. It was pretty big. So. We were just all chilling there, family time. Oh, yeah. So how you yeah. feeling? You Like, you rested, bro? It's been about three, oh, four weeks without being behind the mic. Oh, I can man. say, because I know we took a break earlier this year, and I came yeah. back, and I was saying that I really, something I wanted to work on is, like, resting well, and that's something I don't think I was able to achieve the way I wanted to. Right. But I can say coming back for this stretch, especially going into year three, I I feel amazing. I've never felt like so ready and energized just rejuvenated yeah. to get back into it probably since like we started the podcast two years ago so i that's think, how I think, that's how i feel i think i hold similar sentiments i i think i feel very rested it during this time there's been some necessary just perspective changes on everything on my life on how i see god on how i see what we do um so it's been good i've been learning a lot i feel like honestly these past 
three weeks. I feel like I've just been learning so much. So it's it's been good. I definitely feel rested. I feel happy to be back with this mic. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's get it, bro. Yeah, I feel so, good. Okay, I feel you good. talk. But actually, before we get into it, what perspective change did you have about what we do? Huh. Let's see. I I think. I think sometimes when you get in the habit of doing a thing, just subsequently it starts to lose its uh like like that that honeymoon phase. You know when you first start something, it has that honeymoon phase. It feels good, right. and then um, you keep doing it. You you get burnt out quicker. It's just more difficult to get up and do this said thing. Um, but then you just have to change your perspective on it to look at it more like like it's a. I've always understood it was a privilege, but. Sometimes it takes you stepping away to recognize that, you know what I'm saying, and realize that. So I think the that's, that's the perspective shift for me is realizing anytime you get an opportunity to really minister to anyone in any shape, way, or form, whether you in a grocery store, whether you online doing something, it's a privilege. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I get to do this. Like, I'm God is looking at me and saying, I want to use you to speak to this person, to speak to these people, to speak in front of this audience. Like, that's an honor. God? saying he wants to use you like come on bro so it's like it's really changing that perspective because when you look at it like that's like man like you just have more of like an excitement to do it like man yeah i'm Mm -hmm. being used by god you know so no and adding to that one thing that changed my perspective and this is it's crazy i was actually just working out not too long ago and i was listening to evidence by caleb gordon but i was listening to it on youtube don't ask me why and at the end of it, it was a music video and at the end of it he had mentioned something and it put it all in perspective for me and it clicked for the first time ever yeah. but he said something and it was your gift isn't for you and it's not yours mm. and so you don't really get to dictate when how when or how you use this gift hmm. that's that's God's say so yeah and according to his will and what he wants And so not looking at what you're able to do and what you've been given so selfishly and just in your hands and what it could do for you, because it's really all about other people. Yeah. So seeing that I've been really wrestling with that and chewing with that, but I I put it on perspective. Like, like like it's not even now when I'm practically thinking about it, I'm like, yo, it really isn't for me. It's not like this gift is to, for God to use to minute, like you said, to minister, to evangelize and to show his glory to someone else, to a group exactly. of people that I'm called to. And so I'm just supposed to manage it well, and it's not mine. So I can't mm. be selfish in that, you know, when I feel like it or when I don't, because it's not mine to choose. It's when, not. It's yeah, not. So. And I have one more thing. I think the false misconception I held before God kind of revealed it to me was you focus a lot on the end goal, which I feel like this is a lesson I've learned, but. There's a and this is something else I've been realizing. There's a difference between having information and like knowledge and wisdom. Like you can have information, but until you actually apply it and it becomes something that's in your heart, then it's just words on the page. You know what I mean? So you can go through all the lessons in the world, but until you really walk through it, understand and meditate on it, then you're never really going to see any increase or progression in your life with that lesson. But this is one like it's genuinely sitting like settling in now is the fact that you you want to focus so much on the end goal. You know what I mean? You want to focus so much on this is where I want to be five years from now. Like this is where I want to be financially with my relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And with the podcast is how I was looking at it. Like I want to be here. And 
I'm gonna just read this quote from this book. Let me plug this plug this book. Essentialism. It's the same book, book that I've been. It's the same book I've been reading. <laughs> book bag. He says. Right <laughs> he says the non-essentialist operates under the false logic that the more he strives, the more he will achieve. But the reality is, the more we reach for the stars, the harder it is to get ourselves off the ground. So. What that means is like, bro, so many of us are trying to reach the end goal. And it's like, bro, that's just hard. Just focus on one step at a time, bro. Like, and that's what I have to do with this is like, be happy where I'm at now and just celebrate the small things, bro. Like, bro, we just got an episode done. Like, bro, like that's, that's something to celebrate about. Celebrate the small milestones. And then those building blocks will get you there. But so many of us are trying to just jump straight there. And then you fall to the ground, like flat on your face and you're frustrated, bro. When you're trying to reach from the stars, it's harder to get yourself off the ground. You know what I mean? So that's some, that's another perspective. Change that has, like, just be, celebrate the small things. Like I, I'm celebrating this right now. Like I'm back in front of the back with the mic, bro. Like I'm happy. Like this is something to celebrate about. So, yeah. Major. No, I feel the same way. So getting into it and tapping in after a long awaited rest and break sabbatical. One thing I was reminded of last week is the fact that we haven't really done well i was like thinking about okay what can we do to just end off july and someone suggested well you should do maybe testimony of like your story and like what you have come from and a bit more of who you are maybe even a q a and i was like well we've already done that but i failed to realize that that was literally probably about two years ago. That's a minute ago. And obviously (laughs) since that point, we've had a lot of people who have joined, um, who have started listening to the podcast, supporting us over that span of time that still may not know who we are, what we do. And it's funny because when we started the podcast, it was about five episodes in and we're getting all these DMs and messages. I don't know if you remember. And people are like, yo, can y'all like do an episode about who y'all, we don't know who y'all are. We were strangers, bro. (laughs) We were just out here just, you know, giving information in the word. And so we end up doing it. It was a hit. People loved it. And so I definitely wanted to bring it back. And of course, like it's been two years now and, you know, I believe in updated testimonies of like what God's continued to deliver you from, bring you through and just let uh levitate you toward or at least promote yeah. you toward and so yeah with that that's what we're going to be speaking to today it's just a bit more about us our testimonies of coming to god and now how we see him move in our life yeah um our salvation story and a little bit more about of course how the podcast started too because that's a big part of the story for both of us mm-hmm. and yeah, that would really, really be the biggest thing. So I didn't know yeah. who really wanted to start, if you wanted to get into it or... Uh, I guess I can kick it off a little bit. I guess I okay. can kick it off. So, man, from womb to tomb, let's just start from birth, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's such a bar. I like that. But anyways, um, yeah, so we both, we always were in church. Like, our parents were very involved in church. Like, that was something that was a very big part of our lives. But Pause. obviously... What did you say? Pause. So, for those who may not know, me and Jordan are brothers. Oh, I have to yeah, preface yeah, yeah, with yeah. that because this there's is still my a lot bro. of people that may or may not know. He's okay. Let's start with the basics. All right, how old okay. are you? <laughs> <laughs> are we, how old are we are doing? Oh, we can set the foundation. Okay, we said okay. we got to the foundation. I forgot. Yeah, I'm 20. I just turned 20 in June. All right, I'm 21. Yeah. Um, March 30th was my birthday. So yeah, and but I'm, brothers, I'm, I'm the blood. oldest. Yeah, blood. 
That's little bro. But all right, you can go ahead when, now. I just when you're apart, know. when you're apart, y'all. So yeah, <laughs> so we always grew up in the church. We were always there. Our parents were always involved, um, but it was never something that was necessarily forced on us. Like I think our mom and our parents did a very good job of helping us understand that our faith had to become our own at some point, right? Um, but until that point, it was their faith. Like, it was kind of like, I believed in God because they believed in God. I went to church because they went to church. Like, it's kind of just what it was for a long time. And during this entire process, I ended up giving my life to Christ at 15. But, you know, from birth to 15, I think around middle school is kind of when stuff hits the rails for a lot of people because I just feel like you're exposed to so many things. Um, and that's where I was exposed to pornography for the first time. It was it was crazy, bro. I was at the I think I was at the lunch table, bro. Like it, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I was at the lunch table in middle school and that kind of became my my idol. Like we are all worshiping something, whether you realize it or not. And until you're worshiping God, you got to figure out what it is you're worshiping or what your idol is, what you have on the throne of your life. And for so long, that's what it was. It was that and girls like relationships. I would go from relationship to relationship to try to fill this void inside myself. And that kind of went on up until freshman year. And I got into this relationship and this girl was my all, y'all. I I, I was going to put my life on the line, like, at least I thought, right? Put it um, on the line. At, at least I thought. But, yeah, she was, like, on the pet, on this pedestal in my life, and she was sitting on the throne. And the relationship just ended really badly. Um, like, we broke up, found out she was, like, talking to this dude, um, kind of, like, in the midst of us talking. And they got together after we got together. And, obviously, that kind of just tore me apart. Like, something you're putting on the throne completely just walking away from it not just walking away from it like demolishing it like dang like it was tough right and i uh freshman year i just went through this season of depression it was like i was waking up i didn't really have a why i didn't really know why i was going like i was getting up and i was going but i was kind of just in this fugue state and i was going through the motions every single day like to be honest i don't remember a lot of freshman year like that's how bad it was if someone asked me what happened, bro? I don't know. Like, it, I was just kind of going through the motions. And then that summer, that summer going into sophomore year, me and Darren, we were going to a new school. And on top of going to a new school, we also started going to a new church, right? So there was a lot of transitions going on. And in this new church is when I just started experiencing the presence of God more frequently. Like, I felt the presence of God before. And I think that was really the only thing that was rooting me to into like a faith with him was I kind of felt like, you know, the tears and like, oh, my God, like this is God's presence. But when we moved to this church, I was just feeling it f- more frequently and more frequently. And there was a conference. There was a conference that they had. So it was kind of like a buildup. Yeah, limitless. So it was kind of like a buildup. I was feeling this presence. And then we had this limitless conference. And I just knew there was just this feeling inside of me like, yeah, this is some, something's going to happen here. Like, uh, I didn't I didn't explicitly speak it out loud but i just had this feeling like yeah something's gonna go down and then god had his way it was crazy his presence just fell down and i've never experienced anything like it um well i have since then but that was really the first time that i felt Mm it like god prophesied over um and everything and that was the moment where i was like okay yeah we got to give everything. We got to figure out what this God thing is about. I'm not going to stay on track like you, I had it all figured out. No one really does. But that was what um, spiked the curiosity in me to have that drive to seek God out and to have that hunger for his word and who he was and to find out 
everything about him. Um, so that was kind of like the catalyst moment. Um, so <laughs> wait, so you get you. Yeah, no, you give yours now. You give yours. Well, you we're gonna do like the up how and, life changed after. I, yeah, I want I want to okay. do I want to do up until like the catalyst moment, and then I'll go after you give yours. Okay, like, I got from, you. Yeah, from so then. yeah, right. So basically, to what Jordan was saying, like our parents were always involved in church, and it was the same story with me. Like you know, it was just something that I did on Sunday mornings, and almost really like had to. It was a rule of the house. Like every Sunday, we're going to be like in the church and you know serving worshiping and being an integral part of whatever particular congregation or community that was but you know i always knew and was very clear on the fact that at some point it was a decision that i was going to have to make and so you know for me young and we had our parents on not too long ago i think they mentioned this a bit but you know the call of being like a speaker pastor communicator was always on my life i remember being like eight nineteen years old i'm in the front row writing like sermons and so when it comes to just like the presence of god and even having like really supernatural like wisdom knowledge and insight that was something that i experienced so young and didn't even have language for i remember being and this is a story that we told i don't know if i was like eight nine and i like gave my first sermon and like i i wish that there was some like recording or tape of it so i could like just reminisce a bit but that was like a pivotal moment for me that I, I vividly remember. And I would always write sermons like in this notebook. But that was just like, you know, from time to time that I like just felt that and was like walking that call. And then kind of you're so young, you're just kind of like walking through life as it comes at you. So it wasn't anything that I was pursuing like deeply, but I always knew it was there. And so really that that kind of like drive and like even kind of like admiration and awe of God, like kind of just like went up and down a bit. And I remember like even being in fifth grade, I would, um, I would bring my Bible to school a lot and I would keep it in my locker and I carry it around. And I remember like one time someone mentioned it to me and someone low key like made like a joke and it made me feel really insecure for whatever reason. <clears throat> they at call the you time. church boy. Yeah. Something like that. It, no, but it, it was low key funny now. Like I would laugh at it now, yeah. but then it like, it actually really cut deep and I think it was the first time that I was, I mean, almost like ashamed of like my faith a bit. Like I wanted to hide it. I wanted to mm-hmm. just like conceal it because it, it may have not been popular or accepted like amongst my peers. And so I remember that being a pivotal moment. And along with the fact that you talked about how like you were exposed to like pornography in middle school. Yeah. It was the same for me in fifth grade. I literally remember, <laughs> it's not funny, but I... <laughs> Go ahead I, remember and tell walk, the people, bro. I remember walking into class one time, like we in class, and one of my friends at the time, bro, had a video playing on his PSP. No, no, is is that what it's called? Yes, bro, the PSP, okay. bro, the black, the yeah, it's a PSP. And so I remember that being the first time that I was exposed to it, and that was somewhat of like a silent struggle, like within itself, but. That wasn't necessarily my biggest vice or stumbling block. It was, you know, str- issues with this, like, identity coming to, like, you know, being, like, ashamed of my faith, like, at times, along with just, like, lust. But also, there was an issue of, like you said, idols. And for me, that was basketball. Like, I started playing basketball. I've been playing my whole life, but, like, organized basketball in fifth grade. And, 
you know, that was a big part of my identity, like what my dream was and what I wanted to do. And like, that was everything like validation from like my coaches, my te- my peers and my teammates to tell me, all right, like, yo, you're this good. This is your potential. This is your ceiling. That meant a lot to me. And I carried that really heavily. And so fast forward, those are kind of like the issues and struggles that are like just like brewing and like happening and going into my sophomore year. This is like when everything really changed for me. And I was 16 and essentially it was a year that challenged me like my identity because it didn't go the way I wanted in terms of like my basketball season. And like I said, like the words of like my coaches held a lot of weight to me and like really weighed on like my esteem and the way that I saw myself. And that system that I was in and that locker room was like really just like toxic for me in some instances. I felt like I wasn't valued. I wasn't getting playing time, nor was I being seen or recognized the way I felt like I should. And so toward the end of that year, um, I just I felt completely lost because of that. And it it really looking back now, it's just like, bro, like you 16, you're going to be straight. But in the moment um, and I remember someone told me this. And they said that you can drown in a puddle or an ocean. And I was like, that's deep. That's so a bar. Just, to, just, just to the point of like, sometimes we like to like compare our different like struggles of like looking back, even in our own lives, like, man, that wasn't that serious. But like to the point of um, you can't compare like your pain in some situation to another because, yeah. you know, it's as serious as it is for you, like in that moment, no matter the magnitude of the pr- perspective you have now. But. With that being said, um, <clears throat> okay, so yeah, this is the end of my sophomore year. I'm in a place where I just don't know like who I am, where I'm going to go to. And I'd also like gotten out of a real interesting like relationship that year. And long story short, like I had like, I, I don't exactly even really remember everything that happened, but it was like that was a big part of like what I was giving my time and energy to as well. And that just ended abruptly and left me just kind of there wondering like, all right, what's happening? What's going on? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's put it that way. And so, and so going into that summer, it was, I wouldn't necessarily call it like depression per se, but there was definitely like just like a heaviness that was like on my life. I was waking up and I didn't really, it was the same thing. It's crazy how it's like so similar. I didn't know what I was doing, that passion that I had and excitement just like wasn't there. And I was just really just going through the motions. That's the best way I can describe it. That entire summer yeah. doing practices, playing AAU, traveling, but there wasn't like that enjoyment there. And so I remember like waking up one day in August. And I'm like, yo, I just can't do this anymore. And I remember my mom always telling me that I was going to have to find a relationship with God for myself. And so at that time, like Jordan was mentioning, we're going to this new church and this youth group. We're getting plugged in and I'm getting more active and engaged. And at two weeks before I say that, and I, t- I uh, make that decision, of like, yo, I don't want this anymore. I'm praying to God and I'm telling him, like, yo, like, I need like an experience or a moment with you. I don't know how that's going to happen or what it's going to be, but like, I need it. Yeah, and this is like two weeks before the limit, limitless conference. And so I prayed that and that was like the probably the first time that I prayed in years. I can't remember last time I prayed, but I know that very specifically. And so going into this conference, I had like so much expectation and just knew that something was going to take place. I didn't know the magnitude of what it was going to be, but there was something in me that I I, I just had this inclination. And so 
we get in and the first night, like I feel the presence of God, like to some degree. And I'm just like knowing that, okay, like he's here, he's present. This is something I've never experienced in my life. And then the, the last night it's, it's that times 10. And I think I was still like holding on to a lot of things that God wanted me to let go of and that he couldn't fully like give me until like I like fully surrendered. And that last night is exactly what I did. I let go of my ego and my pride of everything I was struggling with. And I know I needed him to take away. I went to the altar, raised my hands. And when I say like, I felt like the tangible and for those who know, no, yeah, it's it's indescribable. I felt like the tangible presence of God, like surrounding me, yeah, and it was heavy, but like so light at the same time. And I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And after that moment, when I say that, I walked into that church and conference with like that heaviness and all these struggles and everything that was plaguing me mentally. And when I say like in a moment it all went away. Like it really, everything changed. That was August 4th, 2018. Like I have a tattoo on my, my arm because that was, nothing was the same after that. And I remember after that moment, you know, that desire to just like pursue God with everything that I had it, man, it was unlike anything else. I didn't want anything else, but yeah, yeah, you can. So that's kind of like, you know, up until salvation point. Exactly. So how did life change after for right. you and how has your testimony or your updated testimony sense of like how right. God has continued to bring you through and show up in your life. So that's yeah. next. Okay. Yeah. So since that moment, it's been a lot of ups and downs. I will say it's, it's like, well, it is the process of sanctification. Once you give your life to Christ, you are, he is walking you through the process of sanctifying yourself, which is just making yourself holy. Um, and sanctification is simply just working out what's been done inwardly. So your heart is changed when you, or your, yeah, your heart, not fully changed. I want to say maybe, um, not your heart. What's what I'm looking for? So essentially I think it's what you're saying. Like in terms of like, when you have that moment with God in whatever capacity that may be and whatever that may look like in that moment, your spirit is saved, right. right? Unto heaven, to God, renewed in a sense, but your mind, the habits that you once had before, and the lifestyle and those desires still may remain. And the process of sanctific- sanctification is essentially purifying those desires to match yep. what's happened within your spirit and align with what God wants for you. Exactly. And as you can, that's not an easy process. So from, I was 15 then I'm 20 now, like I'm still going through that process. Everyone is, is continually going through that process. Right. So it's been a lot of ups and downs falling back into some stuff. But since that moment, um, that moment was a big catalyst that made us want to start just different. The idea of just different. It wasn't always a podcast. It started as a YouTube channel. I think it was soon after that. I was, yeah, I was 15. You were 16 when we started the YouTube channel. We were just, we were both eager to just share our faith and to share this experience, right, with everyone, right? Because it was like the medicine that everyone needed but was unaware of. So it's like, okay, let me be a messenger for this, right? So, so okay. So we started the YouTube channel. Um, well, yeah. So afterwards, like you were saying, and again, the same for me, I remember 
literally walking out of that service and I remember my, my mom could even like distinctly tell a difference in my behavior, my yeah. attitude and like just like my countenance in terms of how I was carrying myself. And I did not want to do anything but be in the word of God and be surrounded by community that was like-minded and be in his presence. Those yeah. are the only three things that I cared about and wanted. Exactly. I remember I deleted all of my social media. Like I went ghost. Bro. And like all in, bro. All in. And I remember for about a period of about like four to six months, I didn't watch. I don't remember. And not because like I felt like I needed to or someone told me not to. I didn't watch Netflix. I don't remember playing video games, being on my phone. I My regiment was getting up in the morning. I would pray, read my word, go to school, practice, work out, come home, read my Bible, watch a sermon, take notes, yep. pray, go to yep. sleep, repeat. It was yep. and that and that was it and that's all I cared about. On the weekends, I only hung out with my family, Jordan or people in our youth group. Yeah. And that was the same for Sunday and Wednesday. Wednesday night, I was always in church. I wouldn't yep. miss, a, miss a beat. And it was the same for Sunday. I was there all services. And so I just remember, again, just having that like pursuit of mm. God and nothing else really mattered. And that was my priority. That's what my eyes were fixed on. And I continued yep. to see like my heart change through that. What I had a taste for before when it came to like pornography and lust and like my identity being in all these other people and what they had to say about me and the value that they gave me no longer held any weight in my life. Yeah. Now, it wasn't because I wasn't tempted with these things, of course, but I had something that was better mm -hmm. that made me not even want to look in any other direction yeah. of what it may have been trying to like catch me. And so that's how I say like, along with what you're saying, how my life definitely changed after like that moment. And like you said, I don't think that our faith and our walk with God is always like linear or mm -hmm. as we may think. Like you said, there's going to be moments where you're in the valley and there's going to be yeah. periods of time in your life where you may go back to things that you know you've been delivered from and fall into different like cycles and like have moments where you're distant. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's all about continuing to go through that process of sanctification, saying yes to God every day and realigning yourself as you, you need to, as you're walking your life out. And so, you know, that's, that's a part of the process too. Yeah. Um, there's a verse that comes to my mind while you were speaking in Ephesians. It talks about how God is a consuming fire. Um, and this image imagery just came to my head. It's like, he's a consuming fire. And it's like, you walk into the fire, it refines you while burning everything else. So it's like, as it's molding you into the finished product that you are created to be, it is burning all other desires, it's burning, you know, all other temptations that you once had, right? Um, so that verse came to mind. And it was a it's funny how we had such like similar walks. I was the same way. I was locked in. I wanna say six months. It was a, like I was locked yeah. in, bro. Nothing else mattered. And I'm a hold on, this is a turning point. I'm gonna tell y'all a turning point. So we was doing good, we was doing solid. Everything was good. I'm on fire. And then I got into this relationship. Um, and I, I spoke on this in one of our very first episodes on relationships about how I prematurely defined this relationship. So this girl comes into my life and instead of praying to God and asking him like, okay, what is this supposed to be? I just assume, Hey man, she's pretty. It's cool. Let's just start dating, bro. So we started dating. 
we were dating for a little bit and then God told me to pack it up essentially. <laughs> and I said, no, essentially, uh, he told me to pack it up. I said, no, he told me to pack it up again. I'm giving such a, like, I'm just feeding through how all this went down. He told me to pack it up again. And this time I couldn't ignore it. So I packed it up and then I, I unzipped the bag. I brought her back and then God was like, no, like you have to pack her up indefinitely, bro. So I was like, dang, okay. So <laughs> this is a crazy okay. analogy. But no, and, okay. And then I packed her up for good. And then we were in this weird place where we were like friends and then we just ended up not talking. Um, well, she ended up stopped talking to me. And I think it was by God's grace because he knew I wasn't going to be able to stop talking wasn't to gonna, her. It wasn't going to be from you. Yeah. I wasn't going to be able to, bro. And and no matter how much it hurt me in the moment, I know that needed to happen, bro, because it wasn't going to be me. She had to. Um, so after that, I was kind of in a rut because I was just so confused. I was like, God, like, how could something so good be like bad? I didn't I didn't get it. And this was the first point in my walk where I was faced with having to let go of something that didn't have any obvious um, rotten fruit. You know what I mean? Because everything up until this point was like, oh, I'm dealing with lust, pornography, uh, I- idols, like all these things. These have obvious fruits that I shouldn't be eating. And I see that. So when he's telling me to uproot this tree and the fruits look so good to me, I was so confused. I was like, mm. what's going on? Right. Which is an important lesson I had to learn. Like God sees what we can't see. You know what I mean? So he gives yeah, us directions. Exactly. And he acts accordingly. So we listen. Um, so that was a hard lesson that I didn't learn until, until like, it was like an in hindsight type of lesson, but, um, that was tough. That kind of weighed heavy on me. And then there was this one friend in my life, um, that was getting on my nerves. And then, <laughs> um, so dealing with, with the breakup on top of like cutting off this friend, I don't know what it was. It kind of sent me in a rut. And then ever, ever since then, not ever since then, but for a little bit after that, I was just in a rut. I wasn't reading. I wasn't praying like I w- was supposed to be. And I kind of just like backslid and fell, fell back a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, and, it, and obviously I still believed in God. I still have faith. I was still going to church, but I didn't have that same pursuit. And that pursuit is needed if you're going to reach the standard that God has for you. Um, so I want to say, man, and it just got worse and worse. And I want to say, honestly, so I was probably like 16 when that happened. Psh. On and off up until I was 18, probably. I was just so on and off, bro. Like, so hot and then lukewarm again and then cold and then, like, cold for a long time. And it was so up and down. Um, and then what what had happened? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, what, what, what? Is that 18? 18. So I'm at 18 now. So from 16 to 18, it was just a bunch of that. From 15 to 16, I was on fire um from 16 to 18 it was just i was just on and off like um not on fire and then i'm trying to think what happened when i honestly want to say okay and i will i I do want to say because i want to be vulnerable and transparent 16 to 18 i fell back into pornography again and honestly since then it's just been such a like it's been coming back up and then like having to deal with it and it's been coming back up it's been it's been a reoccurring thing and so like that's what i mean like when i felt when i felt that's what I mean by I kind of fell off. Like I fell back and I started going back to habits like that on and off. And I was just struggling with it, going in cycles like that. And then what happened when I was 18? No, when I was 18, it was still tough because I remember you went off to college. You were off at college. Right. Um, all my friends were off at college. And I think I was getting, cause we had started the podcast around that time. So I was getting out of it, but 
uh, it was still tough because I'm dealing with even lies at this point. Like, bro, you're wasting your life. Like, you're not off at school. You're not off at college. Everyone off is off doing their thing. You're just back at home. Like, what are you doing? So I'm dealing with stuff like this. Um, like I said, I think around that time we started a podcast. And that really helped me a lot because understanding having a mic, it was like, bro, I'm not going to be up in front of this mic and just it just had a different type of conviction to it. I was like, I can't keep dealing with this same stuff and then getting up and acting like I'm perfect and like nothing's wrong. You know what I mean? Um, so then, you know, I started teeing up a little bit. I started teeing up a little bit and then uh, <laughs> I, start, I started teeing up and then, uh, and this is something else I want to say, cause I was reading this in what book was this? This was in The Awe of God by John Bevere. He also has an episode with Tim Ross on his podcast that I think is really good. So, yes, yeah, so I think something that happened during that entire process of kind of just being lukewarm and being on and off is I lost the fear of God. Like, I didn't respect him and revere him like I did when I first had that encounter at the conference. I think what came from that was just such a level of, like, respect and awe of him. Like, oh, my gosh, like such an awe that it's like you got familiar mm, i got familiar with him i did and what had happened was i was so i understood his grace and i was dependent on his grace but i didn't fear him and there's this quote in this book and it says the law of god or no not the law of god the love of god protects us from the ditch of legalism conversely the fear of god protects us from the ditch of lawlessness right so it's it's imagine you're on a road and there's two ditches you have a ditch of lawlessness where you're kind of just you're doing anything. You're going crazy. You're not living the way you should be living. And then on the other ditch is legalism where it's all about rules, 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 rules. And there's no love. Right. So but you have to find the middle ground between the two. And I think where I was at, I was in the ditch of lawlessness where it was like, OK, I'm kind of doing things I shouldn't be doing. But God loves me. Right. Ah, God loves me. That's lawlessness, bro. There's a standard still. <laughs> you know what I mean? And on the other side of it, you have people who's like rules, 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 but they don't understand that it's not about that, right? God loves you despite what you're doing. You know what I mean? And it's what you're doing isn't contingent on his love. And you have to find the middle ground where it's like, okay, I respect God enough to not do certain things and live to the standard. But I also understand that if I mess up, he loves me. And I was in this place where I didn't have a respect for him. So it was just like, oh, he loves me and I can mess up. You know what I mean? Um just to be frank, I think I didn't realize that's the mindset I had, but it was. Um, so I think, honestly, I've been, God's been taking me on this huge just journey. I think for the past four, five months, maybe, maybe, maybe longer of just understanding the fear of him, respecting him, understanding that there's still a standard, right? Understanding that it's still to be holy. There's certain things that you have to do and certain things you have to stay away from. And that's just what it is. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And in the end, he showed me because, OK, what I'm basically explaining right now is why it was so difficult for me to be on fire again. Right. Because I think I just started talking without giving an explanation. I'm explaining to you guys why it was so difficult for me to be back where I was when I started. You know what I mean? Because I think there's a lot of Christians that are like, why am I not oh, like, what is it, God? Like, I want to be on fire like I was when it started. And this is what it is. And this is what God's been showing me. The foundation of your walk with God is completely contingent on your perception of him. So how you see God is going to determine how you walk and how you live your life. Right. Um, 
when I first encountered God in the beginning, I had such an awe of him and I lived the way I did because I understood him. Like I got it. Like, yo, this is God. Oh my gosh. Like he's holy. Like, so I, I lived according to my perception of him. And then once you get familiar, your perception changes. He's not up here. He's not the holy God that he was, even though he is, but in your head, right? The perception's off. Mm. So you, you start living differently. Right. And I want to go to this verse in John. Cause I have Bible, <laughs> I have Bible. <laughs> so John 14, John 14, this is a story of the woman at the well. It says, Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Right? So what he's saying to this woman is if you knew who it was you were speaking to, your response would be different. Mm. If you knew who it was, you would be asking me for a drink if you knew who it was you were talking to. So this is pointing out the idea that if you're not responding the right way, it's because you don't know who you're talking to. A lot of us don't know God or we've lost sight of who he is and his holiness and his glory. And if you understood who it was you were going into the presence of, who it was you were serving, you would live accordingly. That's at the foundation. That's why so many of us are struggling to serve God because we don't know him. We don't have a revelation of his glory and his power and, and that awe. Right? We got to get that awe of God back. Um, so all that to say, that's kind of where I'm at now. And, and I'm getting back to like that, like that fresh fire. You know what I mean? Like that first fire I had. Um, so that's kind of just been the journey of sanctification, like God bringing me to holiness. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah. No. I'm glad to have you back, brother. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro, it feels good. It feels I good to be talking you, with bro. you, bro. It feels good to be talking with you. You talking right now. You preaching. That's a word. But to add and just continue from where we were at and how you're talking about your journey after the moment you were on mm -hmm. fire and the journey of like getting back to that. Very similar or adjacent to what I was going through. For me, things really shifted during 2020 when COVID happened. And, well, no, I think actually what happened was, <clears throat> so for me, things really shifted maybe about a year and a half later after I had that encounter and I was just like steady and I was on fire and had that all and like respect for God. Yeah. And I really mismanaged, to your point, not necessarily grace, but understanding the law. And what I mean by that is I came to a point where I began, I had a season where I began to be tempted with a lot of the old things that God had delivered me from. And so in my mind, I almost forfeited my holiness and right standing with God just because I was tempted. Mm. And I felt as if, oh, since I'm being tempted, I must have done something wrong. Yeah. There must have been a misstep in how I was living out my day to day, my reverence to him and my commitment to obedience because like I'm having these desires and urges again. Right. Right. Which isn't the sign of you losing your faith or closest mm -hmm. to him. It is a part of you being human. 
right? Like there's always going to be this internal struggle that's trying to push you away in different yeah. moments and seasons that may be stronger than other. And at the time I didn't understand that. And so I remember I had these desires to go back um, and to watch pornography and just like lustful thoughts. And I was so confused and discouraged and disappointed with myself. And so when I fell, I stayed there because mm. I felt like I didn't deserve to be back at where I was at. Yeah. And so that that then was like a silent struggle within itself. And I didn't even necessarily fall heavily back into that particular sin itself, but it was like my mindset, like my confidence was drained in every area of my life. I felt like I wasn't worthy enough to do anything or be anything great because like I, I was just having these temptations. And so that was really my senior year. And that affected like how I was playing basketball, how I was like even conducting like my schoolwork and all of yeah. that. And, and then the catalyst for that was 2020 COVID happens, quarantine comes around and I'm like, oh, okay, this is my time. to kind of like rest, chill, maybe get back to where I need to be. And so I definitely like tried, but that was a weird season. And of course, like with all the time I had, you would imagine I would have gotten closer and like just dived in, but I was just there like yeah. those few months I was there. And then in my faith, my faith was on the back burner. And then August of 2020, I start college. Right. So it's the first time I'm away from home. I'm away from anything familiar to me, people that I know. And again, like I have, I have no armor. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not poured into, and I'm just there on my own strength, my own accord, and just like walking this out day by day. And so at that point, my freshman year, I just had like made a lot of decisions and fell into things that I honestly, ultimately, I just like compromised on a lot of things I never thought I would. Right. And I was trying to do all these things in my own strength in terms of like keeping my faith, staying true to self and who I was um, while simultaneously like, you know, not having anything solid to stand on. So like I'm just being blown like to and fro from whatever is like coming at me. And so that was like just that period of life of going through the motions. And then honestly, the biggest thing that I went through was when I lost like my virginity my freshman year and talk about the ultimate level of like shame, condemnation, disappointment. I remember I didn't tell it was probably 12 months until I told anyone about that. And I was, I don't even know what the word would be. I can't even put it into words. I had never been that low before and it was because of course like even though i wasn't necessarily intentional with like walking with god day in and day out there were still a lot of principles that i held true to that i wanted to maintain and my purity was one of them and that was a priority to me and so once there was a moment where i compromised that it shattered everything for me and so take that shame i was feeling that year before and multiply it and i was i was at a loss and that school year didn't go really well and I fell into like a heavy depression and it was definitely like a valley, a real low in my life. Um, and then eventually that summer goes by and I'm getting back into church. I'm getting consistent. Um, and I, I'm feeling like myself again, as I'm just getting closer to God, getting plugged in to community, allowing people to pour into me. 
and just making that decision every day to like, no matter how small it is, take a step to just keep, keep my eyes fixed on him in whatever capacity and whatever that looked like and started submitting all these areas of my life to him as well. When it started with my relationships and my mind, um, what I'm watching, what I'm allowing to listen to and all those subsequent things. And yeah, it was just like, it was just a process, but it was a, it was like a, it was like an ongoing process. When we talk about like sanctification, like coming out of that season, it almost felt like I took steps back. And so it was a mental block of understanding once again and affirming myself that like I am the righteousness, righteousness of God and coming to really believe that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Like it took me a while, a significant amount of time to come back and really believe his word again for what he had to, what he had to say about me because of all the self-worth that was tied to these decisions and mistakes and mishaps that I made, especially during that season. And so yeah, that within itself has like really been the process like since my like freshman year. And, you know, like Jordan said, just getting that perspective back of like who he is. And also for me, more importantly, like who I am, like in yeah. him, through him and what he has to say. And also I so I think that's been my process more of also perspective on having that respect and reverence again, but also truly understanding, okay my identity, being confident in my ability, my gift, my purpose, my future, and knowing that he still has that intact for me if I'm staying obedient and just saying yes to his will. And so, yeah, that was really that process for me up until now. And yeah. And so with all of that, yeah, those that's really the testimony. So that's yeah. like the updated version. You know what I mean? Last time it was just from really when we from womb to when we had got saved and then subsequently after we started just exactly. different. And so that last half or ladder was really like the last two years and like, you know, the process that we've gone through, which we yeah. can talk about forever. Cause there's so many lessons and things that we've learned, even there's in terms a lot, of like ministry, bro. being leaders, having a platform, the podcast itself. We have a so whole separate be, episode, bro. Yeah. That's going to have to be like a bonus or exclusive thing no, at some point. Some I did want to add is like, with the whole updated testimony thing, it's like God is continually doing work in you. I think there's just such a level of patience that you have to have with yourself in that. Cause it's like when God is building you up, there's just sometimes there's some demolition that needs to happen. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he needs to knock some stuff down. Sometimes he needs to knock you down. Sometimes you make the wrong move. You hear him wrong, but then that teaches you how to hear him. Right. And it's like, I don't know. It sounds cliche, but you really just got to learn from messing up. Like, that's really what it is. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to say that because I, I don't want to give people a license to just go like sin and like do whatever. But <laughs> obviously, I just don't think God wastes pain. He doesn't. He, wastes, he doesn't that's waste ex- valleys. That's and exactly what I was looking for. He's so good that he won't even waste your mistakes. He won't waste your mistakes. He won't waste your valleys. <laughs> that's fire. That's like, what I was looking for. I'm glad that- you said that. He's that good. Yeah. And that's what I'm learning that he won't even waste when you mess up. <laughs> that's a fact. When that's you fact. take the wrong turn. He really is a you're good father, the, bro. The catalyst or the source of your own pain. Like he's yeah. <laughs> like Romans eight twenty eight. Like it it's real. Mm-hmm. It's it's true. Yeah. I've seen it. I live it. You know? And again, it's not to the point of abusing grace, like you said. Right. But knowing, okay, there's going to be moments in times where I may lack that better judgment. And mm-hmm. if, or, w- or rather, when that happens or may come up, 
right? Like he's going to use it for his glory to some capacity as long as we realign and continue to submit and repent. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. So what was you talking about? No, I think, um, I want to get into a little bit just how the podcast started right. um, for those who don't know. So, yeah, this is kind of like um, integrated into this entire process, kind of like right. what Jordan mentioned a bit. And I may have said something about. But, yeah, so we essentially get plugged in with this church and, you know, we get saved. And at that point, we we're just on fire for God. We had a desire just to share the word and yep. be vessels for him in any capacity. And so whenever we were at the church in which we were at, at the time, we had you pastors there. Shout out Mark and Brittany. They poured into us to like a a different level. Like I I owe them everything. I love them uh, till this day. And they're the ones who it's crazy because they're the ones this is built upon like them as well. Like this is a God thing. But so many people have had their hand in where we're at today because they're the ones who gave us the idea. We weren't thinking of being online, having any platform, but they Mm -hmm. said, hey, like we think you all should maybe like start a YouTube channel or something. And I remember we went to the house and they were like pitching us the idea and they literally like paid for everything. They got us our first camera. They bought our merch. They helped us get a logo together. And it all happened in this one meeting um, in their living room of like sketching out the plan, what it would look like and just getting the vision down. Mm-hmm. And so from there, we did just different as a YouTube channel. It was just me and Jordan, like behind the mic, well, behind the camera, kind of what we do now, really. But it was super informal. It was yeah. casual. Um, it would just be us sitting down and just having a camera in front of us. And we didn't have any mics. And Audio was just, weak. Yeah, it was it was trash. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we would just talk about God and whatever yeah. we felt led to speak about like that week, that month. And... Yeah, I, I still I still have a lot of the videos like archive. I kind of want to bring it back, honestly. I want to like do like one of those docs, not necessarily a doc, but a transition video of like our very first video and like what we do now. But so maybe at some point we'll definitely share those yeah. moments with you all. But that was the inception of just different, and that had to be what 2018. Yeah, something like that. Maybe even earlier that 2017, 2018. Mm. We did it for about a year on and off, and we really did. And of course, like, yo, we were getting like 100, 200 views. Like, yeah. no one was watching our stuff, Nothing but it crazy. wasn't about that. And the irony of it is like, there were so many seeds planted from even doing that, that I think that Locally, we yeah. may have not even seen, but was definitely evident. Like, a lot of people in our high school, we were definitely able to make a real impact there mm-hmm. our last two years, I would say. And we had a lot of people that we would bring to our youth group. We had like a group of people. That like, you know, we would carpool together yeah. and would support what we were doing with the YouTube channel. And it was amazing. And that was just like not even the surface of what God wanted to do. So we did that for about a year, like on and off, like casually, nothing serious. And then we just took a break at some point. Like life was life was life in as it does. And Jordan had things happening. I had things going on. And so it was just kind of like put on the back burner. Long story short, like I get this prophecy that kind of like confirms that it's something that we need to be doing in the future of what it's going to be. And after I get home from college, like I was explaining to you all my freshman year, I am having this inclination and this righteous like push to get it started again. Like it yeah. was nothing but like the Holy Spirit because I wasn't thinking about it. It wasn't on my mind, but something's telling me like, yo, like almost like you're 
again, like we mentioned at the beginning of this, this gift isn't yours and you're almost squandering your potential and what God wants you to do. Mm. That if it, it if the voice had a sound, it was that. Yeah. And it was that, yo, no longer live below like what God's called you to be and what he wants you to do because there's so much more. And I knew that I was living so average and just casually walking through life. Man. And so I pitched it to Jordan and he's like, of course, like I'm game. I'm down. This is something that like I'm interested in. Let's get it together. And so, you know, we we said we're going to relaunch it as a podcast. And I don't even know where the idea came from. It's all just like happened so naturally. Yeah. And yeah, we this was the summer of 2021. And we get all our equipment, our mics. We had this raggedy black table. <laughs> we were recording off Yo. the iPhone that we had. And <laughs> we we almost didn't do it because we didn't know how to work like the interface and the mics that we had, although it was super simple. But yeah. we didn't know how to. And at some point, um, we just put it away for a few weeks. And like we're like, you know what? No, we have to do this. And so we set a date. This is July. And we set a date. Um, for August 8th, 2021 is when we were going to launch. It's like, yo, this is when it needs to be out when we need to do it. Like we're sticking to it yeah. and we're going to do one every single week. It was like every Tuesday at that point. And yeah, we get the equipment together and we do like a test run of like the mic. So we have like a test conversation, just kind of like catching up since like the last time we placed a, put out a YouTube video. And that's our first episode called just an intro. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember we just played around with that. And I was just like experimenting with it. And so I take clips from like that episode and I put it like on TikTok and Instagram just to like kind of promo and let people know, okay, like this is what's coming. Cause like right. what we recorded wasn't supposed to be an episode. And I remember I put it on TikTok and like, you know, the rest was history from that. Like from that moment, it gained a lot of traction. I'm not going to say it wasn't necessarily like viral, but like significant, For like, sure. you know, 50, a hundred K like, yeah. and so it's catching like eyes and people's attention. And then like, we're getting a lot of messages and DMs like, yo, like where's the episode? Where's the episode? I'm like, we don't have an episode. <laughs> <laughs> that was just an intro. And so to so many people are asking for it. We just put that out as like the first EP, just an um, intro, just an intro, just yeah. the intro. And since then, like, it's honestly been crazy. It's it's a God thing. I think that now that I'm looking at it with intention now, because like for us, it's we're looking to just like go to another level with this. And yeah. okay, how can we make this sustainable business for ourselves and make this like our careers? And so now that I'm looking at it from that lens, like a lot more intentionally, I'm looking at everything that we've accomplished, been able to do milestones that we've hit and i don't think we've even understood how major those things were and i think it's a good thing because for us it was never about that like yeah. we started this with no plans of being famous you're good we started this with no plans of being famous to be known seen to have the relationship that we do like mm -hmm. that was nowhere in our mind when i say this is from like pure intention and pure heart and pursuit and i think that's why god blessed it and continues to because yeah it was never about that. I could have never imagined it being here right now. We're about to, we got a lot of announcements that I can't say now, but there's a lot of things that a are happening, like yeah. taking place, contracts being signed. And it's like, it would never cross my mind. I think it goes to the verse about um, the fact that he'll do like exceedingly abundantly more of that than you ever know or even ask. And, yeah. you know, I think we're living testaments of that as we continue to just to stay obedient to this. But 
yeah, that's the origin of just different. Like, you know, started as a YouTube channel, two kids behind the mic, two kids behind the camera, then, you know, two kids behind the mic, because that's what we were. And it's crazy yep. to think about. You got saved at 15. So that's five years ago. Six years ago for yeah. me. And we've been doing just different. This will be going into year three. Stupid. Which is crazy, bro. <laughs> Which is crazy. I don't even know. It's been so weird. Like, sometimes time feels like it's moving slow but fast at the same time. Like, mm. I feel like I've learned a lot, but it's went by really quick. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what would you say? Because um, I wanted to do some, mm. like, advice for new believers and, like, people, like, in the faith kind of coming off our testimonies a bit. Yeah. But, and we'll get to that. We can, I can say one kind of, like, ending and closing. So, But what's one lesson that, like, you've learned, the biggest one, since we're about, like, an hour in right now, what's the biggest lesson you feel like you've learned doing like the podcast the past two years going into year three with something that you say, like you've recognized you've seen in yourself. I let like something maybe that's been reiterated to you time and time again, that stuck with you that you may be learning right now. That's like encapsulated, like the ministry leadership, mm -hmm. having influence, et cetera. Hmm. I would say, let's see. I, I I would say, and this is like a, like you said, this is a reiterated lesson that I'm kind of freshly learning again. But it's really like it's it's such a catch twenty two because it's like you have dreams, but at the same time. Be, being willing to forsake your fantasy, forsake how you want it to look for the will of God. Um, and I think that's an important lesson that everyone has to learn with their purpose. Cause I was just talking to my friend about this earlier. It talks about this and uh, I'm reminded of it in the story of Abraham and Isaac, right? So Abraham has his son, Isaac, and God tells him through Isaac, right? your descendants will come. He promises Abraham that your descendants will be as numerous as the stars. They struggle having a kid. They finally have Isaac, right? So this is the fulfillment of this purpose, right? Um, and then he tells him to do what? To sacrifice Isaac. So instead of being like, God, well, you told me that Isaac was like, instead of, instead of leaning on what he wanted it to look like, he sacrificed that for what God was help telling him to do. Right. And then we know how the story turns out. Like he ends up getting Isaac back and God provides the sacrifice. But the whole point with that whole story is you have your dream, you have your purpose, but at the end of the day, whatever God says and whatever his will is, that's all that matters. Like, don't, don't let your fantasy be in the driver's seat of your life. You know what I mean? Cause you can have, this kind of goes into what I was talking about earlier about reaching for the stars. Like, I'll just take it one day at a time um, and then God will order your steps. But I think that's really the biggest thing, like do everything unto the Lord. And sometimes it seems like it's like not that serious, but it is. It really is. Um, so, yeah. What's that one verse? I can't remember the context of it exactly, but I, I think you've mentioned it. We've mentioned it a few times about like, yeah. Lord, where else would I go? What is the, What's the context of the verse? He... 
Jesus was speaking a parable to the people. It was the one about you will eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. And everyone was like, bro, you're tripping. And they walked off. And then Jesus turns to his disciples. He's like, oh, do y'all want to go with them? And then Peter says to, to whom shall we go? Like, what are you talking about? To whom shall we go? Yeah. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned. And I'd say to others is accept a call. There's nowhere else to go. <laughs> it is the, the pure sentiment that I'm reminded of now. And I am truly not just learning, but like you mentioned earlier, practically walking out from like experience and what I've been able to live is the fact that I offer no resistance, none to his will, his way, and ultimately mm-hmm. like the call that he wants for my life. Because for so long, I resented the standard. For sure. I felt it was unfair. But I, I resented it even to... when I didn't realize I did. <laughs> it's crazy. I did not want what came with the anointing. It wasn't worth it to me. But the mm-hmm. catch 22 is outside of that. I was so unfulfilled. Life meant nothing. I didn't have the same vigor and joy right. and pursuit to get up every morning if I wasn't in what I was called to do. You can't get away from it. You can't. Right. And so that's what I would say is I've learned to completely accept a call at whatever mm-hmm. cost that looks like and realizing that the sacrifice is worth everything. Yep. No matter what that may be in that the per- purpose isn't prison and that the standard isn't a restriction. It's actually freedom. It is what's going to allow you to get more of him to what you sp- spoke to. Sometimes he's going to, by building you up, he's going to have to demolish a few things and that's all that the standard yep. is for whatever that looks like for your life, the position that you're in and the call that you have, whatever that consists of it's that it's, it sheds less of you and refines you to the point to where there's nothing left there, but him. Yep. So when we talk about, yo, when I want, when I, people see me, I want them to see God. That's what that does. That's what it's there for. Yep. And you can't, you can't run from it. And actually it's the most freeing place you can be. And for so long, and not for so long, I think there's moments and times periodically, and I'll be honest that it it still feels like that, but I'm reminded that, okay, where else would I go? And then I'm straight. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that, that, that's what I would say. And then, okay, closing for someone to get to this for just, you know, people who may be new to faith, like younger believers, or those who, again, may have had some distance between them and God and they're coming back and getting realigned, or those who may be on the outside looking in or just like curious, what would you say from your experience, everything that you've learned and that we've, we've talked about, which, I mean, there were so many things in there, but you would say in and off. Let me see. Huh. I would say, well, let's, let's do this. If I was in that person's shoes, what I would want to hear is, in hindsight, write everything down. And and not only, no, because I heard write it down. That's not what I'm looking for. Don't just write it down, but continually look over it. And what I mean by it is his word, certain verses that are like staples that stick out to you, that motivate you, write those down. Look over them every day. 
any prophecy you get, any any Bible story that stands out to you, um, write it down and look over it. Because like I mentioned earlier, sometimes you you put too much confidence in yourself. Even maybe you're listening to a sermon, you're like, oh man, that was a really good sermon. You ain't take no notes, bro. Like you think you're gonna remember that? You didn't take notes, you didn't study the notes. Because you can take them, but if you don't study them, they're not gonna be things that you can you can grab a hold of in the in the midst of your out in your daily life. You need something to to take a hold of. You know what I mean? Something to take with you. And unless you have those things like ingra- ingrained in here, it doesn't mean anything. It's just words on paper. Um, so that's really a big thing I've learned. It's like you have to study, study to show yourself approved. It talks about that, right? Um, even in school, bro, like you're never going to get at the end of a nine weeks and they're going to be like, hmm, what's what, what? Wait, what's the analogy I had? Hold on. Uh, exam? Yeah. Benchmark? Test? Midterm? Something like that. I'm losing it. You're never, never going to get at the end of Nine that. weeks. And final exam, test. Another nine weeks and study for one night and get it? Nah. Wait, dang. <laughs> Wait, what was it? I just, <laughs> I was just talking about this the other day, bro. I forgot it. Uh, you're never gonna do the nine weeks and then study, study everything. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So even look at, look at it like in school, you're never going to be able to get away with not studying over a single. Like, imagine your teacher was just like, hey, you guys don't have to take notes or do any homework. You just have to listen to me talk. And then at the end of the nine weeks, guess what? You're going to have to take a test. And and unless you get a 90 percent, you're going to fail or something like that. Bro, that's impossible. Like, what do you mean? We take notes in school. We study in school for a reason, because psychologically, scientifically, you are not going to be able to remember something that you just heard. That's just not how it works. So it's important to study stuff, write it down, study it versus you know, so I, I think that's a really big thing that's so important, like, because you want these things to be written here, right? Like transfer it from the page to your, to the heart. So, yeah, that's huge. I love the practicality of that. And it reminds me of Psalms one nineteen eleven, And it says that I've written your law or your words in my heart that I may not mm-hmm. sin against you. And it's David speaking. But again, when it goes from head to heart knowledge, when it comes, when it becomes or transfers from a page really into your spirit and your mind, that's when things begin to change. That's something yeah. that we overlook at times, but it's like the practicality and the basis of how we can go even deeper within our faith. And I think sometimes yeah. we try to skip levels without study. And when has that ever worked in school? Why do we think Never. it's going to work in the kingdom? Right. And so um, that that's the only way of like elevation in terms of our knowledge, revelation and connection with God is going to be through the word and studying it deeper. Yeah. And one thing that I had down is the fact that, um, God, he wants your life and he can do more with it. Wait, hold on. Okay. God wants your life and he can do more with it than you ever can. And so I would say just, it's about like making that daily decision 
every morning, honestly, to take his hand, to follow him and keep your eyes fixed on the things above and what he's calling you to in that salvation. What I've mentioned before, and I don't know if the semantics on this are right, but it's the way that makes sense to me at times is it doesn't just happen at the altar, but it happens every day in the sense of, I just don't give my life at that one moment at the coming to Jesus experience or when everything just falls together, but it's a daily decision I have to give to him. He has to have my life. He has to have my mind. He has to have my ears. He has to have my eyes. He has to have my lips, like my heart, my relationships, my study, every single aspect, every area of me is his and what we've talked about before what we've mentioned with a few people we've had on the pod is you know moving not just from savior but to lordship of okay yes you saved me and now i owe you my life yep and it's my um worthy and pleasing sacrifice and it is my pleasure to do so Mm -hmm. and i think that that comes with the perspective aspect that you mentioned that we can end with and say it one more time, but having the correct perception of who he is, is what's going to change how you walk your relationship out with them every single day. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's essentially how I worded it. It's just like at the foundation of our walk is our perception of God, meaning how you perceive him is going to determine how you walk with him or without him. You know what I mean? Um, so if you're feeling stuck, look look into that. Like, how how am I perceiving God? Am I recognizing him as the holy God that he is, as the sovereign God that he is, right? Because think about it. If I'm living my life worrying, then my perception of him as sovereign has gone wrong somewhere. You know what I mean? So, like, literally, practically, it's kind of what it looks like. If I'm worrying, then what am I perceiving about? Like, where's my perception off at? So, that's it. Yeah. Man, that's the one. Updated testimony service. Updated testimony. Big man. JD. The JDP in the building. You Yo feel say. me? The JDP in the building. Yo, JDP. let me tell y'all. I we've never been more locked in. For real. We've never been more focused. Ever. We've never been more aligned. Ever. 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 It's about this next year. I'm telling you, it's about to be historic. I'm I'm declaring it now. It's gonna be so one for Different. the books, man. You know, I feel like, you know, really coming into this year, it was trust. <laughs> coming into this year, it was a lot of transition. There was a lot that was happening that we were going through personally, that we were trying to figure out, like, who we yeah. were, our sound, what the mission was, what this all looked like for us. And I think that, again, it, it all needed to happen the way, oh, it, for sure. the way it did for us to be where we're at. And so, oh, year three, we know what that number three do, so... So we know, <laughs> we know what it does, bro. We, we know what the number three is. Read your Bible, does. bro. It's different. <laughs> uh, I'm the rookie and the, and vet. the well, vet. No, I'm the vet now. I'm the I'm vet. Like, no, bro, no rookie no more. <laughs> I'm the vet. Oh, man. Vets, bro, we just seen the ups and downs. And so, yeah, look. We appreciate you all. We love y'all yeah. for rocking with us, for sticking with us. Like I said, we back every Wednesday, Friday. You know what it is. In August, it's going up. We're going to be in a lot of celebratory moods and just activity going into our, our third year. Yep. This will be like 
August 8th, officially, we have a lot of new announcements that will be coming, a lot of things that we're doing um, that we even mentioned Friday, a lot of things I wanted to mention up front, but that we'll talk about Friday and just going into August as well. But y'all stay tuned and you know what it is. Stay you, stay real, and stay humble. We'll catch y'all Friday. Much love. Much love. Yeah, sorry.